0: Hello, this is Owen Jones, this is the Cheerful Election Daily. Well, blimey, it is now 15 days until the general election. To quote, and I like to quote esteemed philosophers on this podcast, if you hadn't noticed, I like to quote Europe, it's the final countdown, da-da-dun, da dun dun I'll stop that now. Um, this is going to be quite a quick one tonight because I have been back home, uh, at the People's Republic of Stockport, if you're asking, and uh, it is late. And Emma, the poor soul, but also an incredible, talented human being, I mean poor soul because she has to spend evenings listening to some of this gibberish and then have to put it out probably uh, having quite a lot of other better things to do with a life. So I am going to have to be short and sweet. So uh, a little caveat. I have not watched Andrew Neil's interview. I tried to watch it on Virgin Trains. The Wi-Fi did not allow me to do that. Hopefully under public ownership, that will change. Ooh, never take a night off, do I? Um, And what I would say is, it obviously doesn't sound like the best interview ever done in the history of humanity. I would... Be what? Let me try and do this carefully and sensitively. I was on Politics Live today, which is now your yesterday. I didn't think it was the most fair of panels. I was on with a former speechwriter to Tony Blair, a member of the Hard Right uh, think tank, the Institute for Economic Affairs, and James Brokenshire, a Tory minister. And I have a huge respect for the presenter, but I, I was grilled as though I was a cabinet minister. I held my own. I uh, stood my ground. And I think on the issue of anti-Semitism, I've had this, what I always call a walk and chew gum approach, which I have, and this is not about me being a victim because I'm not here, but I do have the scars on my back on this one. Um, so my argument has always been that anti-Semitism does exist on a fringe of the left. Uh, there's a broader group in denial about that fact. And also there are those who are not Jewish who have not, had defeating anti-Semitism at heart, but more wanting to attack the Labour leadership. And the idea that the Labour leadership, or the vast majority of Labour members are anti-Semitic, is a smit. I mean, I'll, I mean, I spend so much of my life, like tonight, with Labour members, and the vast majority are poor anti-Semitism. But that doesn't mean Labour dealt with this properly. I don't think they did. Uh, they were too slow, didn't show enough emotional sensitivity. There's a really good piece which I recommend you reading by the brilliant left-wing, uh, Jewish journalist Rachel Shabby. I'm just bringing it up now just so I can get the headline right. So, so you will read it. Uh, the treatment of antisemitism in our politics should fill us with despair. Yeah. And it's just about how like, this, this issue has, you know, antisemitism is rising in British society and, and, uh, and in other societies, synagogues attacked, Jewish graves attacked. Uh, you know, Jewish people facing abuse uh, online and in the real world. Um, and it just goes through the sensitivities of it. And, you know, you can only ever understand the, I mean, I, I need to be careful here cause I don't want to be goisplaining cause there will be, I'm sure Jewish people listening, but, if you're a member of a minority that's faced 2,000 years of persecution, uh, culminating in the attempt to physically exterminate the Jewish people within living memory, there are literally people alive today who remember being in the camps like Auschwitz. They remember SS guards. Uh, they remember being herded into uh, into kind of cattle trains, and they remember watching people murdered by the Nazis in the biggest single uh, systematic crime committed by human hand and you 've always got to we 've always got to start on that basis that people when they get you know it 's not all kind of oh there being a plot this is all a plot and all the rest of it people have very you know that collective trauma is you know there's this sense almost of things can turn at any moment um in France in the early twentieth uh, century and this was a a big trauma uh, that Jewish people suffered uh, which predated the rise of the Nazis. It was called the Dreyfus Affair and basically a French Jewish army officer was stitched up. And it was a big trauma at the time because there was this sense that the plight of Jewish people in Western European nations in particular, not so much in the East where they still suffered terrible pogroms and persecution, not least in Tsarist Russia. But in, in, in the West, there was this sense of, uh, Ah, uh, we're finally being accepted. We're French. We're German. They accept that's who we are. And then this whole saga unleashed this terrible tide of, uh, anti-Semitism. And there was this sense all, you know, of kind of, oh, things will suddenly turn. I'll have to flee. You know, they'll ne- you know, even if that I seem accepted it at this given time, then, then things will change. So you always have to start at that, that, that point. So I would say that, you know, the number of, uh, allegations of antisemitism we're talking about 0.1 percent of the labor membership is tiny and i would say as well that the labor leadership are full of people who fought antisemitism and racism their whole lives but you can't just say that when jewish people face, express anger and 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 anguish you know this is often well it is coming from a place it's coming from a place often of real a real anxiety and fear and, and, people need to reassure people, you know, not, not get into this very emotionally tone deaf thing, which I see sometimes on my own Facebook and elsewhere, which is just rah, 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 knuckle down defensiveness. And, and actually a lot of his emotional intelligence. Of course, the right wing media are using all of this to, to beat the Labour Party. Of course, that's what they, they will do any, they will use anything to attack the left and all the rest of it. Now, to put that in broader context, and this is why I was frustrated, I was on with James Brokenshire, as I say, on this balance panel. And uh, you know, I'm, I, there are there lessons I will heed, not least, from Jews in this country. I'm not going to take lessons from the Tories. You know, This is a a party which uh, has voted to support their allies, the Hungarian anti-Semitic government, a virtual dictatorship which uses gratuitous anti-Semitism to short support in a society in Hungary where anti-Semitism I'm afraid is is rife. Uh, This is a a government led by a man who calls black people Piccaninnies. A government which oversaw the persecution of black windrush Britons, uh, stripping them of medical care, uh, kicking them from their homes, uh, deporting them for their own country. Uh, This is a government which, uh, whose leader compared Muslim women to bank robbers and letterboxes led to a 375% increase in hate crimes. And Baroness Saeed of Arsi, the most prominent female Muslim Tory politician has spoken about how antisemitism is just there from the top to the bottom in the Tory party, how she's been in frightening meetings with the likes of Michael Gove, uh, who she said she would be terrified to me, uh, look up the interview if if he ever became prime minister uh, where the Muslim Council of Britain yesterday issued a statement, uh, talking about how pandemic Islamophobia was in the Tory party, where you've had repeated members and, uh, you know, suspended, but then quietly readmitted. Uh, where you've got, uh, MPs who've shared posts supporting Tommy Robinson, one MP who, who stood on the same platform as someone who supported genocide against Burma's Muslims. Um. It's a prime minister who called gay people bum boys. Tank top bum boys, sorry. Let me be accurate about that. And, you know, overseeing a cabinet in in, in which there's not a single gay person, open at least, and yet lots of them who who voted against the civil liberties of LGBTQ people. Do we ever talk about the threat posed to LGBTQ people by this government, which has now lapsed into... You know, for example, one good thing I'll say about Theresa May was her commitment to supporting, uh, modernizing and, 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 and updating trans rights, which, which, which languish in this country. And this government have obviously completely reverted to Tory type. I, I just look at this and just think, you know, th- there's a real menace to, to minorities in this country, which is established. I'm a gay guy who grew up under section 28, uh, LGBTQ education quite literally barred from schools being from being taught. And one of the good things that came out of you won't have heard of it because of the whole Fiori bit yesterday, the uh race and faith manifesto issued by the Conservative Party, which talked of uh which committed to integrating, for example, education about anti-Semitism into the national curriculum. Long overdue. Don't know why we don't do it now. Same with Islamophobia and other forms of racism and bigotry. I sometimes say all this stuff and I kind of feel get yelled by people on both sides. I get some people going, Ah, oh, you're just fueling the smear campaign against the Labour Party, which I think is ridiculous. And then others who say, oh, you're just an apologist for the Labour Party with all of this, that and the other. And I just think, uh, you know, you've if you're an anti-racist, you're consistent anti-racist or you're not an anti-racist. You know, you, 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 you know, I've written articles about uh, anti-Semitism on the left ever since I started writing in 2011. I've wrote a piece for the New Statesman 2011 about a Labour MP now passed away who, who I, I, believed used well he did he used the anti-semitic tropes uh, classic dual loyalty about the uh, british ambassador to the israel because he was jewish you've got to be consistent about these things so anyway this was all not that cheerful and emma does need to go to bed i'm so sorry emma i'm an absolute disgrace and i hope there is some compensation at me dragging out my distress at you having to do not edit this out if you edit this out, I'll, I'll complain on Twitter. Emma's a hero. Everyone shower her with love. Um, so, the fight continues. There is just over two weeks left. The polling does show, as things stand, things have shifted towards uh, Labour uh, from a difficult low base. But, the Welsh poll, national polls and all the rest of it show that Remainers are coming back. Leavers, in particular remain the big challenge. Just got to think about the big policies that people really care about, about ending austerity, ending cuts, investing in public services funded by the rich uh, who are booming like never before. Not punishing young people with debt, dealing with a housing crisis, mass council house building programme uh you know, public ownership of utilities. These things are all popular, um, but labor have to communicate them in exciting and hopeful ways. And that, you know, about a country with so much talent and wealth and resources to overcome anything. And that that's where everyone else comes in. So it's going to be hard and difficult, but I want to do a quick update before I, I, I go to bed and fight another day. And uh let's do this. Let's do this. Everyone, come on, chin up. Let's sit, turn that phone around Let's see that smile. I can uh, I can see you there. I'm not. It sounds really creepy now, I just realised. It sounds like I'm a stalker. I'm not stalking you, I promise, and I'm not hiding in your room. This is getting worse. Um, look, let's do this. Keep fighting, everyone. And, uh, you know, there's a mass movement out there. That you are not alone. You're listening to me in whatever context. Maybe you're not listening to me alone. I hope this isn't you and your lover listening to this. It's not the best aphrodisiac listening to me babbling on. Um and uh just just think about what can be achieved and we are up against this disgraceful, disgusting government and there are fours with Labour, I've gone through some of them in this very podcast. But uh let's just let's just keep things in perspective and also have hope and optimism. I will be less tired tomorrow, I hope, and I will see you then. Uh if you like this podcast, give it some stars, give it some love, give it a review, and I will speak to you anon. Or just tomorrow. Lots of love, my mate. Election Daily is produced by the cheerful team, including Jeff Lloyd, Emma Corsham, Joe Kenyon, and Joel Pierce, with music from Pete Frazier. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more